welcome back. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, you. <laughs> Sorry, just... You always have the most awkward starts. Well, you have this is to. Funny. I feel like you have to. Y- you do? Now. Maybe not. You have to have it? It might be a little... Well, I guess if no one's listened to it before, it might be really awkward. But if you know, if you're expecting awkwardness... Well, maybe... Yeah. Well, is it even awkward then, or is it a norm? That, you, that gets in a really deep question. You, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about using the word deep to describe that question, but, yeah. <laughs> we could make another maybe, uh, deep, deep thoughts. Yeah, deep thoughts. Episode. Yeah. Chapter. 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 Sorry. Oh, yeah. gosh. I've been I really, doing that. Really, yeah. We've been out of the groove now for a little while. Yeah. Um, maybe it's more just me, like, seeing you. <laughs> like seeing your awkwardness because you, you get like this you get like this pause and then i've watched i've watched you and like it takes you about a second or two you like i can tell you roll through like three different things yeah that, that you want to start with and then you kind of like hesitate again and then your body like starts to move with your, <laughs> like you start gesturing with your hands and then you're like and we're back we're doing uh, it yeah. we're doing it yeah yeah anyway um so that was the awkward start okay yeah that's all all right so Welcome back. It's been a few months. Let's go. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> okay, well, obviously, if you're listening to this, uh, the date is July 10th of 2020. A year, I think, that a lot of people are going to remember. Not going <laughs> as planned. Life usually goes as planned? Weird. Fair enough. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, so like Brody said, uh, it's July 10th. Uh, we have not, Brody and I, you and I, we've talked and seen each other over the past couple months. Yep. Um, but it was really, um, at least where we're living, I think March 17th mm-hmm. of 2020 was kind of the first big day of like, oh, it's when the governor shut down restaurants and bars and i don't know if schools were the exact same day but they were pretty close so that's when things really was like oh this is for real this this is going down and yeah so kind of weird to think that was almost four months ago i think time in my experience and with talking with some uh, quite a few other people time has absolutely um, been frozen and crawled um, in some ways and in other ways it's just cruised and not looked back yeah uh, we have not been recording obviously over that time brody and i were talking about like prior to starting to record today um just want to acknowledge the fact that like so much has happened so much just globally in the united states in minneapolis <laughs> Neither of us live in Minneapolis currently, but we are both very familiar with Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. There are so many things we could discuss, and we just wanted to acknowledge that and just yeah. say that today, right now, in this space, we are talking about COVID-19. And possibly some movies. And that could also happen. Seems like we can't really help ourselves. We can't. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. so to anyone who is listening who is like, how can you be talking about 2020 and not talk about x y and z mm-hmm. yeah and i think those conversations know that they are happening with both adam and i and outside of this space and other 
areas of life with other people. Uh, it's not like we're living in a bubble and we're not talking about everything else that's going on as well. Yeah. And we don't think you should live in a bubble either. So, yeah. Talk about things, dialogue, engage the questions that you have on your hearts and minds that have been brought up in this space in the time that we are in globally. So, yeah. I don't know. Just thought I'd throw that in as a little... You know, in case someone's like, but yeah, now I'm like, ha, huh. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. I with did that. not follow that. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, you wanted to acknowledge like and encourage people to be in conversation. Yeah. yeah. Basically. Yeah. Maybe, we'll, maybe we'll just cut all my rambling and get straight <laughs> to that. But uh, yep. Yeah. So as a little caveat to our conversation, there you go. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of wrap up the intro. We just wanted to also acknowledge that there are so many discussions being had just Mm -hmm. across the world, whether it's, you know, at the dinner table or online or in podcasts, on TV, like media in general, is just covering so many different conversations and discussions. And specifically with COVID-19, like people, I mean, I I certainly know some people in my life who just seem sick of talking about it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I hear that. So we just want to acknowledge to like, so many people are talking about it, but for us, as we were thinking about like, how do we come back and kind of start recording again? Like, where do we begin? And it just felt like that just felt like a, that COVID-19 is what pushed us away from recording initially. Yeah. And it is still ongoing. Don't want to talk about it in the past tense. Yeah. Very Um, much ongoing. Very much so ongoing. Feels felt right to just step back in and address yeah address it in some way shape or form yeah just kind of where we're at what we're thinking what our experience has been and also recognizing that our experience with COVID-19 and and in our immediate circles our families and our friends like is very different Mm -hmm. than than many people who all who are experiencing this pandemic in a way that maybe hits far closer to home or has maybe even like as far as I know Brody like I I don't know if you know of anyone who's I mean, yeah, I've known a couple people with it, but yeah, nothing life threatening or life ending. So, yeah. And I think that's a a good realization to acknowledge is that it hasn't really affected us now. Like, and who knows down the road if it does become something that affects us much more personally. And so, yeah, I think realizing we're at now with it and everything that might change. Um, And so, yeah. So, with that being said, Brody, Adam, would you like to share some of your, I don't know, thoughts or musings or what are some of your, like, your takeaways from this COVID-19 uh, world? Some of my takeaways. There's been a lot. And I, I've been meaning to journal more recently, lately, but I feel like there's so much that I could be journaling about. That it's it's kind of like when you have a bunch of chores to do and you just mm-hmm. don't know where to start because there's so much, but you just have to start with something. It's kind of been like that for me recently, I think, just trying to figure out what to write, what to address. Um, and like we said in the beginning of this recording, is there has been just so much going on that it's kind of hard to pinpoint things. But uh, yeah, right now we're choosing to pinpoint just COVID overall. Yeah, I think... One thing 
that sticks out to me is just how much of a revelation this has been for a lot of people and uh, not a revelation as in the end times, although some people have went to that um, belief of what everything is. And I mean, neither of us believe that it is the quote-unquote end times um you you were, you were just looking at me like asking like is that <laughs> no i mean I, I i know i know I, you don't but i was like i there I was just, a, there what? was just a hint of an inflection in what you i guess it probably like, was but we don't think i hate that? assuming things i i don't yeah. like putting people into what my assumption is especially when it's something i believe um so anyways i just didn't want to completely put you in a box um (laughs) i appreciate that thank you (laughs) um but yeah so i think that's been a really big takeaway that i've had and so i'm just gonna read really quick something that i wrote uh to some former residents of mine i used to write them letters and i wrote them one letter in the beginning of may because I thought, you know what, I love writing, and I have some time, so why not? And so I kind of addressed this end times mentality that some Christians are taking, and so I said this, while every major event that has been attributed by Christians as the end times in ages past usually involves a whole lot of death, destruction, and uncertainty, the earth always seems to keep going. As they say in Jurassic Park, life finds a way. Jesus doesn't come down, and the rapture doesn't happen. And still, these past events and worldwide disasters are apocalypses, just not the type of apocalypse one would envision after reading the Left Behind series. Instead, they are events that unravel our past ways of approaching or seeing the world through showing us what has always been there. Like the red pill in the Matrix, these apocalyptic times can show us things that alter our whole way of life forever. They present us with some sort of truth that we cannot go back on. Unless we choose to take the blue pill, keep our blinders on, tune out the creeping realizations that some things are very wrong in our world and its status quo. For many of us, we can go back to normal. But if we know anything about what biblical revelations or apocalypses were used to do for its hearers or readers, we should say something like, screw that, going back to normal. Not that the future is going to be void of the mundane and boredom, but we can choose to enter into something new we can choose to enter into resurrection. To that I say, let's freaking go. And so it, I go on for a few pages. Um, it was actually seven pages long, which is kind of long. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, I yeah. know. My poor residents, what did I put them through? And I opened it up by shy surprise, my dudes. Like how <laughs> <laughs> uh, cringy, right? Very cringy. Mm. So they have some, they have some big hearts, uh, those guys. Yeah, I think, and I can't take all the credit for thinking of this as a revelation. There are definitely a lot of influences on me thinking that, but we're all, we're all entering into this pandemic together. That's something that should bring up a lot of good stuff that we've been taking for granted, and it also brings up a lot of bad stuff that we've been overlooking. And I think if the prophets in the Old Testament like had any major function it was to point out the status quos that people who claim to be 
you know, the children of God and God's image bearers were neglecting to see and turning from and sweeping under the rug and saying that's not not a problem. And the prophets were really those voices that were saying, you have a lot of stuff that you're not willing to deal with. And so God's going to send this thing or cause this thing to happen so that you actually have to deal with it. That's one of my big takeaways. And I think we've seen a lot of that once again in just how many things we could address with COVID just because of how many things have gotten brought up that have been under the rug for so long that now, you know, the voices of the masses are saying, this isn't right. Like, we can't just keep shoving this away and not dealing with it. That's a long-winded way of saying, I think this space has been really relevatory. That's a word, right? Revelatory. 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 Revealing. Yeah. 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 Not you said relevatory. As in relevant. Or or relatives. Or relatives. But revelatory. Yeah. Revelatory. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been revelatory. There we go. Add that to your box of cool words that I don't know where I'm going with that. (laughs) I'm gonna stop while I'm ahead. There you have it. Adam. What have you taken away from this? <laughs> taken or, away, or one of one or the a few things that you have taken away? Yeah, I think I've been thinking about a lot, <laughs> especially yeah. in this very unique time, and thinking about a lot while balancing many different emotions, mm-hmm. and balancing my own grief and my own fear, and my own frustration and anger yeah. over the loss of a number of things in my life. While also knowing that, like, maybe similar to you, I have not lost, I, like, I haven't lost anyone personally mm-hmm. um, during this pandemic. And I, I want, I, I would, I have to believe that that would change my, it, it would certainly change, like, my outlook on it. Yeah. Um, and a number of the thoughts that I have. And I can't speak about how someone who has lost someone would feel. Mm-hmm. Um, Sobering. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And I just, my my heart goes out to people who have lost loved ones mm-hmm. during this or have had loved ones who have maybe pulled through but were in a very very tough tough fight so in the midst of that like my own frustrations and fear and grief like i think also need to be viewed in that light too does yeah. that make sense yeah so Anyway, I've been balancing a lot of these emotions, acknowledging that like my experience, what I've lost is not the same as those who have lost people in their lives and lost other um, aspects of lives. Like whether it's, so maybe they lost somebody, maybe they lost a job, lost an opportunity, lost a vacation that was maybe very desperately needed, lost some sort of connection, like whatever it might've been. Like, so just speaking to my own experience, balancing my emotions, um, I've been having lots of lots of different thoughts and really what has stood out to me in the midst of this pandemic is exactly what we've been taking for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it that we've had for so long that we were so used to that maybe we just, it was so normal that perhaps we felt entitled to it. Yeah. That was taken from us whether that was, you know, out of an abundance of caution or a necessity um, as deemed by maybe the people in our lives who say, actually, sorry, I'm going to cancel that. 
mm-hmm. meeting with you or we're going to cancel that dinner. We're going to cancel that camping trip. Or perhaps it's the powers that be in our lives, like the governor or yeah, our various like elected officials and leaders who have mandated those decisions for us. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so what is it that maybe we felt entitled to that we were taking for granted and maybe a step further down that vein, what we were taking for granted, it's gone now. Mm-hmm. And why does this pandemic, why does it hurt for so many of us? Yeah. For even those, again, those of us who maybe haven't lost someone or been super personally impacted by COVID-19, why is it that this pandemic still hurts? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So those are kind of the questions I've been kicking around. Yeah. Yeah. Why Why do you think it still hurts? Yeah. Well, great question, Brody. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> um, yeah. I, just in, in in my personal take on this. Um, I've really, I've really identified it as, um, so why does it, why does this hurt? Um, it hurts because of the fear that is involved. And I believe it hurts because of the loss that we have experienced. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, the list could go on forever, right? Yeah, it absolutely could. And, and I think the list would be different for everyone. Yeah. Um, or at least how they would maybe describe the things that I'm about to say. Well, what's your list? Though? Oh, wow. <laughs> so many great segues. Yeah. I'm a psychology student. What can I say? Okay. Hmm. I, don't, <laughs> I don't have a response to that. I just ask good questions. Mm, deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fear and loss. So um, I have that. In, I kind of broke it down in my mind. Um, again, the list could be much longer, but. I think uh, four areas that I've come up with as I've thought more through this. So hit it. Area one. I think that we have now developed a fear and we have also experienced the loss of our busyness and our noise. What do you mean by noise? So I think when I say busyness noise, I mean, I think we, I think so many of us are busy just all the time, right? Like there's always something going on. We are, responsibilities we have our commitments which is not to say that being busy is not necessary Mm -hmm. at times right but i think we have filled up i don't know exactly who i'm referring to and i say we there (laughs) i would say like i think when i say we thinking about just kind of collectively at least the people in my life in my circle in my circles like just we i just feel like finding space to like be together Mm -hmm. and to connect feels hard yeah because there's so many things on our schedules and when our schedule is open, a lot of times we're just tired. Yeah. So the busyness there is just all the things that we fill our time with again and again and again. And I think the noise is another word that I could use there is distraction. I think there's just a lot, a lot of noise that we just pump into our ears and into our minds that really distract us from maybe having some real like intentional internal dialogue to do something like that yeah maybe that internal work right Mm -hmm. and so i don't want to sound like this is not me because i do this all the time (laughs) like so i'm saying this as too much as much to myself as i would to other people as as i would say to you but lots of times when i feel stressed stress is not always a bad thing no right and healthy amounts of stress absolutely yeah and um, but a lot of times when I do feel really stressed, that causes me to 
kind of create noise in my life where I just completely detach from it. And I just try to distance myself from the stress Sure. instead of working through it and maybe healthier ways to help me process it. It's just easier for me to throw on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's easier for me to toss in my, my headphones and just jam to some, there you go. Lincoln park or something. Just like Lincoln park. I was definitely doing that yesterday. Um, <laughs> yeah. So don't get me wrong. I don't want to say that like rest and time away from maybe some of our thoughts, right? Some yeah. of that like space, like that's not, that's not a bad thing yeah. inherently. Right. Yeah. But I think a lot of times we go between these two extremes of where we're go, 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 go all the time. And then the pendulum swings to the other end and we're like, okay, nope, this is a space of absolute nothingness, mm-hmm. right? Both have their time, those extremes. Mm-hmm. But I think as human beings with the pendulum, like in between those extremes, mm-hmm. it's really just important. That I, I think for us, we're at our healthiest when we're somewhere in the middle. And so noise to me is what keeps us away from doing that work. Mm. Um, so like I said, stress can lead to that. I think at times like I've wrestled with thoughts just about like maybe my own frustration, like frustrations with myself. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I can wrestle with thoughts that can feel like just like I'm just down or hard on myself, like, or I'm, I'm self doubting or I'm, I'm grieving, like I'm grieving the loss of someone in my life or the loss of something. And it's easier for me to want to detach from those things. So this pandemic can hurt in that way. Like we have lost that busyness. Suddenly so many of us have a lot of extra time on our hands, Mm -hmm. which maybe we, we just don't really know what to do with ourselves. Right. Yeah. Or it can feel like, Oh, I'm wasting time. I'm wasting space. Yeah. And the loss of that noise in, in some ways like means that like, Oh, I'm here now. Mm -hmm. And you know, for many of us, like the, the internet is still very much so, that's not true for everyone, right? Like, yeah. but the internet is still very much so available, mm-hmm. and so like people can still be distracting themselves and pumping noise into their into yeah. their lives that way. But yeah. when we're not as busy, like it does for it, gives us the opportunity to slow down, and sometimes that slowing down, I think, can lead us to have some time alone with our thoughts, mm-hmm. and that can sometimes feel very scary yeah. and heavy. Yeah. Um, so well, and I think that I mean not to curtail too much but yeah i think that was very obviously shown in just literally like a couple months and all politics aside whether like the government overstepped or whatever like the fact that you had people charging into state capitol buildings with ar-15s and guns demanding you know we get our jobs back i think just shows I mean, I think we would both agree that, uh, um, but the, the fact that literally so many people felt like they would rather face death than not have the busyness, not have the schedule, not have their job. I mean, whether or not they could make it without, you know, their job money wise, it was very clear that people wanted to work. People missed that. And so... I think, yeah, this has really shown that when we're left on our own without anything to do and the external validations of who we are are gone, like, we don't know what to do with that. (laughs) Like, people literally have no idea. And so, defining noise that way, oh, yeah, I see that in my own life, like, all the time, defining myself by what I do. And so, when there's nothing to do, 
mm-hmm. we find things to do, even if they're meaningless. Like they're things to do. Yeah. yeah, I you know I was I'm not someone who went and protested to reopen things, and I can't I can't say exactly what was running through the minds of those who did. And I'm glad you acknowledge like the especially with jobs like I mean this has been for a number of people very economically trying mm-hmm. to say the least. I, I I'm not entirely certain what the rhetoric was there. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't pay. I don't think I paid as much attention to that, but. But I, I hear what you're saying, though, like, and and I, well, I agree with you in the sense of, like, I think we were made to work. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I think that's something from within the first chapter, uh, the first chapters of Genesis, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we were given a task. Yeah. We were given something to care for. And, like, we were made to do things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that part I certainly agree with. And so losing our busyness in that way, like yeah can feel like a loss of purpose for, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and i understand how that can feel very heavy yeah and which is a whole like, other topic too yeah that we could talk about at some point yeah because yeah like our identity like that's that's something we were made to do but it's not who we are and sure i think problems as you just said problems occur when we get wrapped up in that so yeah What's so, a, yeah. what's another thing on the uh, <laughs> yeah so loss the of there yes loss and fear of busyness and noise that's point one point two I think something that is very near to us in this podcast right uh, the idea of certainty mm-hmm. right and also I think so a loss of certainty of like what is going to happen next how is this going to go like will there ever be a vaccine how long will it take like. Even if we had, a, if we get a vaccine, what are going to be the long-term effects of social distancing and people working from home for so long? Like, mm-hmm. not that everyone's been working from home. Certainly, there are a lot of people who have not been. Yeah, I think it's been painful for us, kind of generally speaking, like we to lose that certainty, and also I think to lose the guarantee of tomorrow and what tomorrow would bring, right? Mm-hmm. Because again, maybe there was a sense of like something that was so normal for us started to feel like, oh, no, that's just the way life is and we're entitled to that, yeah. right? And this this virus, right, has shown us that like there are so many things in our lives that can be taken away mm-hmm. that we considered so normal and so daily and ordinary, Yeah, you know? And so, uh, so yeah, a loss of... Like, oh, I know what's coming next. I know what I'm doing tomorrow. Like, do you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know what you're doing in six months? Like the the, t- <laughs> the like the tickets that you bought for that concert this fall. Like, yeah, is that actually going to happen? You know, I yeah. think I think I'm assuming most of those have been canceled at this point. Mm-hmm. I I'm not sure. I don't have any concert tickets. But anyway, yeah, I didn't. Need, I just had my uh, tenant expectations for july <laughs> the film tenant yes down. yes yeah Ugh. it'll happen it'll happen it'll happen if you don't know about that movie we've talked about it here before yeah we have yeah so do your homework and come back to us watch the more recent trailer it's dope is there a new trailer well recent like oh a couple weeks old okay maybe yeah. a month old yeah yeah well it's newer than the one than the, newer... the, the one that we had commented yeah. on yeah that's before yep yeah yep okay anyway yes so it hurts we've lost uh, that certainty and that guarantee of tomorrow and what that looks like Mm -hmm. point two point three i think that we have 
in a lot of ways lost our entertainment and we have started to kind of fear our entertainment. And you and I were talking a little bit like entertainment feels like a really shallow word. And so I don't, yeah, I don't mean that simply as like a, oh, just the things that you, the luxuries in your life where it's just like, oh, I guess I'll just go see a movie, you know, like. I think um, a lot of people hear entertainment and think like pleasure seeking is like entertainment, you know, they're just like, and not, and this is a whole other topic. Oh my gosh, we we always (laughs) do this. But like, Mm -hmm. yeah, entertainment and pleasure, like not being a bad thing. Like even if you do think of the two as like meaning the same thing in and of themselves, like they're not bad. And so anyways, back to what you were saying. Well, yeah, but I I think entertainment, I I think you're right. We do tend to think of like, oh, it's like pleasure seeking, like non-essentials, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's just like, well, no, like some people, I mean, I think we talk about like work hard, play hard, right? Yeah. Like, but it's that it's sort of like similar to that balance we were talking about a little earlier about like the rest versus the work and like yeah. the stress versus the restoration. Mm-hmm. It is a balance of like, no, we we weren't made to work 24 hours a day, yeah. right? Like um, Jesus reclined at the table. Come on. <laughs> he was reclining. Which Are you picturing him in like a lazy boy or something? Well, actually, I had a friend the other day kind of show me how the tables were set up mm-hmm. in the old days. So yeah. reclining literally was actually like what you had to do to sit at a yeah. table. Yeah. And so yeah. it wasn't like he was, you know, yeah, in his, yeah, whatever <laughs> chair, just yes, feet up on the table. Yeah. Like, no, I know what you mean. I'm Jesus, yo. <laughs> like that wasn't it. But, um. Yeah. Gosh, my ramblers are terrible. Um, (laughs) No. um, But yeah, so so entertainment, lack of, like, we don't really have a good word for it because what we're trying to encompass with that word, I think, or what you're trying to encompass with that word is kind of all the facets of life that are outside of our work. Yeah. Maybe like, maybe a good word would be like leisure. Yeah. Right? Leisure. Like, so I think it's like the, like the things that restore that rest and rest, that mm-hmm. restoration and just kind of those things that we look forward to. Right. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah. Well I'm after I'm done working today, I get to go and I get to go see this person mm-hmm. or I'm so excited for this weekend. We're going to go hiking, you yeah. know, or, you know, whatever it might be. It's those things that we're looking forward to. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would say too, it's those things that bring us together. For for myself, like I can't bring my friends really to my meetings for my work during the day, right? Yeah, unless it's like bring your kid to work day. Yeah, you don't have a kid. Bring your buddy. Yeah, Yeah. I do not have a kid. That's true. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no. Yeah, like bring your buddies to work day. Probably not a good idea, right? Yeah. Like I think that's a lose lose. Yeah, so you can't really you can't really do that. So it's like it's these things that we go do together, right? Like oh yeah, I'm getting together with people. We're gonna. We're going to watch that movie or mm-hmm. we're going to go to that that baseball game. We're going to have a book study, you know, what, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Like these are the things that a lot of times just bring us together. Right? Yeah. It's the storytelling time. There you go. I, I like thinking of it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Storytelling or creating like some Story shared creating. experiences, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. so we've, we've lost that in a lot of ways mm-hmm. during this pandemic. And I think we've also been made to fear. Um, during this pandemic, a lot of those things, right? Mm-hmm. Like for people like you and I, right, who really enjoy like movies mm-hmm. <laughs> and the movie going experience and what, you know, on the one hand, we lost the ability to like go to a theater. And on the other hand, we were at least implicitly, I would say, told that like 
well, you can't go to the theater anymore because that's a dangerous place because mm-hmm. that's how transmission might happen. And I'm not saying that shutting down theaters was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying like we, I think we had this loss of this thing that we really loved and enjoyed. Yeah. And then we were told to fear it. Well, and I think before someone like, once again, no idea how many people are listening to this, but before someone would like emails you or text, text one of us or something, going like, ah, like you said, like, how could you think that leaving, you know, all the theaters open is a great, like, we're not saying that at all. We're saying, but what I think we're getting at is kind of the idea too, while I was working at the school, uh, we were told like, you can't hug the kids and kids like that's something they're so used to that's something that they that like they need that um i'm not saying i need a theater but just to draw the analogy out Mm -hmm. here but the thing then becomes this fear for the kids of oh like i can't touch other people i need to be afraid of that and so it's not that in the moment not giving them a hug is bad but it's the more so the effect of oh now what was something that you loved is now something that you should be afraid of. And I think that's, yeah, that's what you're hitting on with yeah. the fear of entertainment is, yeah, the, the things that are good, essentially, like we're now being told to, to fear. And it's not bad, but it's going to have, I think, some lasting effects that we're not even aware of right now. And so... Sure. Yeah. yeah Long term, who knows yeah. where this leads? And no, I'm glad you said that though. Like, just to be clear, it's like you and I are not here critiquing <laughs> the response yeah. of our elected officials, of our leaders, th- those who have, you know, are the ones who are taking us through this. Mm-hmm. We're not here to. We're not here to critique that. We're talking about like when we talk. When I'm talking about fear and loss, like there's fear because of the virus, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying we fear because of any one person who is causing us to, right? Yeah. And we have loss because of the virus. Yeah. Like COVID-19 is what has taken a lot of this away from us. Mm-hmm. I'm not not saying that that's a specific person or organization who has done that. So Well, it de- depends, Adam, because and y- was, there was are COVID co- genetically invented in a lab? I don't want to then... get into this. <laughs> you should cut that part out. <laughs> no, I just feel like... Uh, leaving all that aside people like we can there there are discussions that we can have about like the response and there's discussions we can have about you know who did what or what decisions were made or weren't made and when they were made like that's a whole different conversation but mm-hmm. yeah so we're not getting into the realm of you don't want to get anything into that? no okay. i don't want to get into that all right that's fair um yeah and so i've been talking for too long so my last point here uh, why is this pandemic hurt for so many of us? And I think it's because we have now, similar to like losing and then fearing multiple forms of entertainment, which is obviously there are multiple forms of entertainment that mm-hmm. we have not lost and we don't need to fear. More so like the large gatherings, right? Or the public gatherings. But yeah, the loss and the, so point four, loss and fear of one another. Yeah. I, and I think this is the one that I, that I personally fear the most with like long-term implications. Mm. I know there are people out in the world who did not have the opportunity to be socially distanced. And there are some who had the opportunity and declined to yeah. follow those guidelines, expectations, mandates, whatever. Depends on where you live, right? What was mandated and what wasn't. But 
yeah, so fully acknowledging that, but for many of us, I think who were separate and away, there was a, just a fear of each other in the sense of, and I think that fear flowed both ways, right? The fear mm-hmm. of like, I don't, I don't want to get anything from you. Yeah. I don't want to catch anything from you. And also fear of like, if I have something, I don't want to spread it to you. And so just kind of that fear of like being near each other, at least, or at least I think being told that like being near each other is something that can only be done in very specific and necessary circumstances. And even in some of those, like, I know some people would say like, well, it's necessary for me to be there. And yeah, some people would say like, no, it's not right. Yeah. I know that can cause some like disagreement, shall we say, but yeah. Um, and then the loss of one another. And so one thing I wanted to reference on this point specifically, I think a lot of people, at least Again, a lot of people in my circle are familiar with Kurt Thompson. I'm not super familiar with Kurt Thompson, but I came like I came across this um, post of his mm-hmm. titled "A Body of Work." I don't know if you're familiar with this. Or no, not. I actually haven't read this in a little while. But uh, yeah, Kurt Thompson is ta- is talking about like the effects of Zoom or Skype or FaceTime, right? Yeah. So for a lot of us, like we were like, well, we can't be together, but we can still talk over screens. And I don't know if you're anything like me, but like so my, the majority of my work went virtual mm-hmm. for a number of months. And there was, I I pretty quickly realized, like, I should back up a little bit. Like in my role, I have a lot of meetings. I, I talk with a lot of people. It's very relationally it's face-to-face. Very it's very in-person. Yeah. So having to... You know, so we had to adjust to like, what is, how do we do such an imper- this in-person relationally based job at a distance, mm-hmm. right? Not in the same space. And I started to realize pretty quickly on after, when I would spend a day like out of spending hours, just like staring at my screen, talking to people. Yeah. We were certainly connecting, right? But I would end the day and I would just feel exhausted. Mm. Like way, like I'm, I'm, I'm definitely an introvert, but. I was just so exhausted by like, man, these screens and like, yeah. And I think at first I didn't know it was the screens, but I was just like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And so Kurt Thompson, so again, it's titled A Body of Work. I recommend reading it. I certainly invite you to read it. Yeah, I'll definitely. But I'm just going to read a short excerpt from near the beginning of what he wrote. Says, for many reading this, your days have become a continual stream of Zoom or FaceTime or Skype meetings at work or with family and friends. What used to be a convenient and at times even delightful technological means of connection has become something else entirely. For some of us, Zoom is a new four letter word. We all know something isn't quite right. In the language of interpersonal neurobiology, The mind is understood as an embodied and relational process. As Christians, what this is hinting at is the fundamental reality of the Genesis account of creation, that God formed the man out of the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Genesis 2-7. We are dirt and we are breath. We are embodied and we are spirited. Take away either one. And we stop fully being human. Hmm. And what we are experiencing is the act of living disembodied lives. Yeah. Dang. So, yeah. Uh, we have just we have just experienced this very 
distinct time still ongoing in a lot of ways although where we are currently living brody like restrictions have been loosened we can meet with more people we can still we can start gathering more and try to you know do our best to be socially distanced in that and if anyone's sick you know yeah they should not be there they should take some time to quarantine and stay away but anyway like there is something powerful in the act of being together kurt tonson goes on in this article or article (laughs) and just what he wrote talking about he says, yeah, human beings use our bodies vis-a-vis our actual words to communicate upwards to 85 to 90% of everything we quote-unquote say. So those nonverbal cues. Come on. Um, this guy's speaking my language. Yeah. So you should, as the student of psychology that you are, like, yes. yeah, you should definitely check it out. But yeah, so we have just, yeah, we've lost that connection. And even though we are still texting and calling and seeing each other through screens, like, mm-hmm. There's just something about sitting across from someone like, and just getting a sense of like, are they, are they relaxed? Do they seem tense? Like, mm-hmm. are their arms crossed? Like, yeah. are they, you know, are they, um, are they sweating? Do they seem kind of shifty? Are their legs jittery bouncing up and down? Like, mm-hmm. are they like, are they wringing their hands? Like of, you know, trying to comfort themselves. I mean, there's just so much to be said in body language. And, and yeah. I would say too, on top of body language, just more of that intangible presence, hmm. just being present with each other. Yeah. So again, sorry, been talking too long, but I think we have taken so much for granted. This has a, been a painful time for so many of us, not everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And for some, again, that pain is much more personal like and when we're talking about like potentially like losing with, with people losing lives and losing loved ones like that pain is different than what i'm saying here yeah what have we been taking for granted like we've we were taking a we were taking for granted like our ability to be busy we were taking for granted our ideas and plans for tomorrow and the days to come we were taking for granted our spaces to go entertain ourselves and be together Mm -hmm. and we were taking for granted one another yeah and my sincere hope as we move forward through however long this season of COVID-19 lasts um I don't think life is going to go back to the way it was yeah I don't think there's a a normal no exactly that we can go back normal is not Normal is kind of a strange concept in general, right? Yeah. But um, very true. Yes. But like, what even is normal? So, quote unquote, normal um, is not coming back. And I think there are some things that we will certainly miss from life prior to this Mm -hmm. season. But there are, I think there are things that we won't, we don't necessarily have to miss that maybe we can depart from. And I hope that taking for granted these things, like, I I hope that that's something that we leave in the past. Yeah, that's good. There you go. I dig it. Lots of thoughts. I like it. Oh, when you maybe we'll cut this out, but when you mentioned the Kurt Thompson's piece, like I started thinking, like, okay, how much of this is like reflective of our relationship with God, and that we're always we we do these things, like we read this text, we we like engage in this thing but like if we're not fully engaging with it you know those passages in the bible where it's like oh there are these people doing this and god saying like i really didn't like 
no, like you weren't doing those for me or I actually don't know you. And it's that idea of like, whoa, like I need to engage God with everything, not just like I need to embody that relationship. I can't just Mm -hmm. be detached physically or not even just physically. You know, my, my whole being needs to be in it. And that's what I think like he's talking about is like we need each other like physically and emotionally and spiritually and everything like everything is like we we're constantly dividing the parts of who we are it's like no like we need to be seeing each other as like whole beings and we need to engage each other wholly and i think that's what god is getting at through scripture to us is that he wants us to engage him fully like instead of doing this or doing that and like dividing ourselves it's like no like i want everything like i want the wrestling like Mm -hmm. ah i don't know that just made me think of that and i was like that's that's a thought so i don't know yeah well like what he says about the mind is understood as embodied as an embodied and relational process Mm -hmm. right like and we can i guess the way i would take it is like yeah we can kind of going off what you're saying like we can embody our decision mm-hmm. in the sense of we choose to do what we're doing. Right. Yeah. But if though, if our decisions aren't relationally connected mm-hmm. to our creator, if that relationship is not there. Right. And then, you know, if we're disinviting like the work of the Holy spirit within us, then what we are embodying is just empty choices. Yeah. It's like the zoom chat where you're talking to someone, but you're not fully connecting. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even sure how to describe it. It's just like, I don't know. I zoom to me, I guess a way I'll put it is it just feels like such like a consolation prize. Yeah. You know, it's this wonder, it's a awesome, like, I think it's amazing. Technology. It's, it's great technology. The fact that yeah. you can like, yeah, like look at someone's face and talk to someone who's like on the other side of the planet. And right. Yeah. The That's fact crazy. that we, we have that at this time is insane because I'm yeah. thinking of how many people, and this is still very real, how many people are so lonely right now, but we do many of us, once again, not everyone, but many of us are fortunate to have access to something where absolutely oh, like we can't see grandma in person, but like we can connect like virtually. Yeah. And yeah. that's huge. Yes. But yeah, yes. once again though, it's, it's not, that full immersion experience that we were made for. Yeah. It's that idea of presence. Yeah. In a way. I don't, I mean, (laughs) in my mind, I'm kind of thinking like, you know, like keeping watch with someone Mm -hmm. almost, and that might not be a perfect analogy, but that idea of like, just be with me. Yeah. Sit Sit with with me. me. Like (sighs) recline at, recline at the table with me. Like come be with me. Mm. yeah anyway i like it like right there like leaving it at that there you go i don't know that's uh that's a good realization i think in all this of yeah what does it mean to abide and just be yeah and uh yeah realizing where i am now is not where i will be later down the road and i'll probably look back on this and say like you could have done this or could have done that, but um, yeah, there's grace, and that's why being is is what we're made to do. <laughs> um, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Trump. I, I, I don't, I don't know where COVID-19 came from. And I, I know like, I know there's debate back and forth between quite a few. Well, it was obviously made in a lab. No, we're not going there. Um, I just, I don't know where it came from. Um, I don't understand the science behind it at all. I leave that to much scientists. more. In, the scientists. As I say, the much, I leave that to far more intelligent people than myself. And I know there's, there's a lot of debate that, that could be had back and forth on, I mean, it, especially in like the theological realm of like, you know, mm-hmm. what does God ordain? What doesn't God ordain? And I'm not looking to get into that right now either. So many things we could get into. <laughs> no, I just, I, what I, what I do believe though, is that like, regardless of where this came from, like I do, I, I do trust that there's something that we can be learning. I am, I feel very deeply for, again, people who have experienced major loss in the midst of this. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I I pray that they will find hope and healing over time. Um, but yeah, I hope that this is I hope that this is uh, I hope this is an experience for us collectively where we can learn to love what we have and and even more importantly learn to value, love, and honor yeah. one another um, more than we were before. Yeah, I hear that. There you go. So. You want to hit them with the... I never do. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know why you keep asking. Well, you know what it is. Wherever you go, there you are. See you next time. (laughs) Ciao.